This week on Invasion of the Podcast, we talk about a 2003 Disney film based upon a ride starring a well-known box office draw. No, not Pirates of the Caribbean. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of of tension. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where I try to take over the world one listener at a time. My name is Paul, and I'm joined by uh, somebody that you know that people should have heard more of by now, but. I was with Steve all the time. It's my wife, Mary. Hi. So um, she has been with us from the very start of the podcast, uh, but you know she would rather go play video games and not do this, and I don't blame her. So, but I'm more of an NPC. You're more of a <laughs> yeah. So I've asked her on the show because as much as you know, everybody's been helping out while Steve's on his vision quest. Um, I thought it'd be interesting to have her on because we don't always like. Like I have Nathaniel and Samuel and, and Terry and El Goro and every, like all the dudes. Probably about time to have a lady on to pick, talk about other things. And one of the big things that you are passionate about is Disney. So we're talking about more about that in a second because uh, the discussion this evening will be about the Haunted Mansion, not the one that you think. Uh, and we'll get more into that in a second as well. But before we go into to the episode and proper, I want to do a little bit of housekeeping because you know we've been busy bees around here. One, I want to thank Al Goro for coming on last week to talk about part two of Rising Stars. A lot of fun. Part three will be coming in a couple weeks. I hope you guys enjoy that. Check out that book. We've been having a great time with that. Also, uh, Steve, while on his vision quest, cheated on me and went on Talk Without Rhythm with El Goro. And they talked about two um, metal documentaries. The Decline of Western Civilization Part 2 and Metallica, Some Kind of Monster. And you guys could go check that out. It's episode 679. It was fun listening to them be nerds talking about metal. So go check that out. And also, speaking of dudes, I was on at the Devil's Ball with Nathaniel and Samuel talking about Fury Road. Max, Mad Max, awesome, awesome film, awesome conversation. It was episode number 155. So look at that. A lot of talking, a lot of it with or without rhythm. And... A lot of things going on, so people go check out that stuff. But before, you know, so do that. I'm not talking with rhythm right now whatsoever. Mary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You <laughs> love Disney, all things Disney. Yes. Okay. That is correct, sir. Yeah. So with that being said, I know that one of the things that I am constantly fascinated by and frustrated by is you watch all the videos of all the attractions of everything everywhere. Yes. <laughs> so, so why is that? Um, because if I can't go myself, I'd rather watch somebody else go. Fair enough. <laughs> um, so, so you, I know you've not been to any of the Disney parks, nope. unfortunately. I'm a, I've been a bad husband about that, but, um, but your love of Disney and all things Disney is before you and I met. Yep. And with you watching all the attractions and things, like what is it about that that fascinates you the most? The immersion. Um, Disney is really, really good at making their rides completely immersive so you feel like you're actually there and participating as part of the story rather than riding through one. So you prefer more of like the experience versus like, I know like the handful of times we went to an amusement park, you don't like the roller coasters, you just want. So that's, 
That's a touch and go question. <laughs> okay. I don't I don't hate roller coasters. I just don't like vomiting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, you didn't vomit. Uh, not to my knowledge, there was no secret vomits that happened. Well, when no, we went. but we also didn't ride anything that went topsy turvy. Well, that's true. Yeah, you did tell me anything that would go upside down. That'd be bad news. So we didn't. And backwards, do that. backwards is not good because yeah. I don't like peeing my pants. But okay, well then we're going to talk about um, <laughs> the immersive experience of a lot of the Disney stuff because I, I know you you know a lot of the history, or at least you've been familiar with a lot of the history of Disney and its attractions. And since we are going to be talking about the Haunted Mansion, we're going to be talking about the 2003 film because the 2023 film just came out this weekend. And that, as of this recording, it's been out for a couple of days. Um, it's done okay, but Barbie and Oppenheimer's kind of destroyed everybody. So whatever. We'll see what happens. Um, and the reviews have been mixed on it, which we'll talk about the 2003 one as well and how <laughs> that kind of goes. But it seems like um, like the Haunted Mansion is something that you do like enjoy as an idea. A yes. great deal, like the attraction. Yes, absolutely. It's actually, uh, if I ever get to go, it's one of the top two that is a must-see for me. But that's the one, <laughs> the one where we're talking about is the original Haunted Mansion, which is in California, correct? Or is it um, the, or is it in Florida? Because um, I was looking, because I, am I right that it's... Um, was, so I, I think you're correct that the first one was in California. Yeah. Because that's where I think it all start. I think that's where the first Disney park was, wasn't it? Well, yeah, because the only reason I can remember that now is because Disneyland has L.A. in it. Yeah. And then Disney World has O-R mm-hmm. in it. So mm-hmm. that's how I'm finally able to remember which coast they belong on. <laughs> so because the original one opened up in 69. Uh, yeah. And because I looked at this and it was in Disneyland in California. And it was actually originally conceived while Walt was still alive. Um, originally a different, mm-hmm. very different concept. It took like 10 years for it to come to fruition. Mm-hmm. So is that the one you're talking about? Or is it you're talking about like the one they end up doing? Because there's been a couple different iterations of the Haunted I Mansion. I think the one I'm most familiar with is the one in Florida. Honestly, I don't know much mm-hmm. about the California one pre, pre what it is now. Okay. Um, but I know now they're they're both very similar, if not the same attraction. <laughs> okay, because I know that also is looking there's there's an iteration in Tokyo Disneyland, and yes. then there's also something called the Those Phantom. Those are very different. Okay, <laughs> which we can get into in greater detail. Okay, I'm just um, and then I see the Phantom Manor and then Mystic yes. Manor because so Phantom Manor um, is a completely different storyline than the U.S. version. Okay, uh, and Mystic Manor is actually nothing to do with a haunted mansion at all. Because interestingly enough, um, in Chinese culture, like they they tend to revere their dead mm-hmm. ancestry, so a haunted mansion didn't really make any sense for them to build one there. Well, that yeah, there's a lot of things I know, like in um, like in World of Warcraft, when they release over there, like they can't show like skeletons. Yeah, <laughs> and that, so, and that's like, part of it. So they went with Mystic Manor instead, which okay. is also an interesting ride. But uh, and it's got a few nods to the haunted manor. Um, like the, there's suits of armor there. They have a giant Medusa painting, um, which is a nod to one of the portraits in the, uh, gallery hall. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's completely not Haunted Mansion at all. <laughs> okay. So, it's what Haunted Mansion was supposed to be. <laughs> so in terms of like the original attractions that were there at Disneyland proper, like you talk about immersion, like what would, do you know? I'm, I'm putting you on the spot. I do, I do apologize. Like what came before the Haunted Mansion? Cause I know that's one of the staple things in Disney, but like they, you mentioned experiences and immersion. They were doing that before this. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, pirates of the Caribbean. There you go. Okay. Hands down. Um, that's actually my second top two one that I want to go see. <laughs> uh, in fact, uh, part of the, uh, um, 
trivia for for Pirates of the Caribbean is that there used to be, from what I hear, from what I understand, this might be speculation, but uh, they used uh, real human skeleton pieces in the uh, intro part of the ride. And in fact, I think one of them still is real, uh, but the rest have been since replaced with, uh, you know, fake skeletons. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I had some trivia about the Haunted Mansion that involves um, human bodies later. We'll get to that oh, as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I probably know one yeah, already. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so, the, but, like, so the Haunted Mansion is your number one. To the fact yes. that, that I know that of, of the 8,000 scented candles we have downstairs in our living room, uh, one of them is specifically labeled Haunted Mansion. Yes, it's made by the Magic Candle Company, and they have candles that are scented after different attractions and hotels on the Disney property, and it's amazing. Okay, and how many of them are like scented like a uh, men's restroom? Um, zero. Because <laughs> that's not a smell anyone wants well, to I mean, remember. But it's, 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 it's part of the park, you know, so no. Uh, so you, you've had a fascination with uh, the Haunted Mansion for quite a while, so... And how much have you gone into, like, because I know that there's multiple different effects and different things that they've done to do, like, different, I don't know if you went into, like, the whole, like, the, like, the original way they'd use mirrors and things. Oh, yeah, to do, the different, whole you know. Pepper's Ghost thing yes. that they do for the ballroom. Yeah, that was um, pretty state-of-the-art back then, honestly. It, well, and Pepper's Ghost um, is a pretty uh, pretty reliable um, trick to pull to make something look, it looks like it's ghostly, oh, right? Because yeah. the, they used, like, bright angles and stuff with mirrors, yeah. right? Yeah. So, when you ride through the Haunted Mansion, when you see the ballroom scene... You're not actually seeing the actual mechanics, like the mechanical animatronics. What you're seeing is a, a reflection of them, and the mechanical animatronics are actually located underneath the dune buggy part of the ride, and it's reflecting from underneath the ride hmm. out into the ballroom. Okay, so that's cool. I didn't know that yeah. they hid they hid the actual thing underneath. Yeah, that makes sense, right? Like mm-hmm. in terms of like keeping the illusion alive. And then you said uh, they're called doom buggies, right? Doom buggies. D O O M. I think that's funny. <laughs> um, but also, I know too that they made it a point that they're able to um, cause the buggies to change. Der- well, they're they on spin. a track, yeah. but they can move to to show that gives more control of the storytelling. They're called omni movers because okay. they can move in different directions. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so okay, like. Um, with it, with it being the way it is, like what what's been like the big mainstay of the haunted mansion? Because I know they've changed the attraction over time, but there has to be like some of the big like aside from the, the fact people go because it's a Disney attraction. Yeah. Like, what are the big things that have been like the mainstays? Oh, um, the Hatbox Ghost is uh, actually he was part of the lore before he was ever actually part of the attraction. He didn't actually join the attraction until Craigie. 2006, I think, is when they actually put him in the ride. Okay. Um, but he was part of the lore uh, since way before then. I don't quite remember how he started, but everyone loves the Hatbox Ghost. Well, because from what I what I was reading, <laughs> that they initially had him as part of it, but the, the they said that the illusion didn't work right, so they discontinued yeah, that's, it. Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Yeah, I remember now. Yeah, okay. they said they couldn't get the illusion of the Hatbox Ghost to work correctly. But now that they have the... Uh, the capability of doing it the right way, they they put him in. Okay. And everyone loves him. Um, and then there's Master Gracie, which of course everyone loves because he is well, he he's part of the narration of the ride. He plays a bigger part in the movie than he really does in the ride, to be okay. quite honest. Um, but yeah, he's actually when you're going in the ride. Um, there is a piano room, like a music room, mm-hmm. and there's a shadow on the floor of a pianist. And like you can see the shadow, but there's nobody at the piano. Okay. That's supposedly Master Gracie. Okay. 
<laughs> That's cool. The one you hear when you're going throughout the ride is actually a different entity called the ghost host who doesn't really play much into the story. They There's some speculation that he was like involved with a family, like he worked for them or something, and then he ended up hanging himself in the foyer. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> uh, Disney, everybody. <laughs> right. Um, it, no, it gets, it gets dark. Like when you deep dive into the backstories, um, even the Paris backstory is pretty horrific. <laughs> okay. So then you got that. Is there anything else that are like big showstoppers? Um, oh, uh, Constance Hatchaway, the, the black widow bride. Okay. She actually, she was a part of the ride. Uh, prior to recent years, I think they added her, I have it in my notes here somewhere. Um, she was originally added back in, sorry, going through papers. Yeah. Well, she took notes, everybody. She's, <laughs> I did. she's I took much notes. better than I did. No, like she's, I'm ADHD you know. and just forget everything. So. Yeah. Like I just, I'm like, what's Wikipedia say? That's my notes. <laughs> Uh, well, she was added more recently. I, I should say, I want to say like 2003, 2006, kind of around the same time the Hatbox Ghost was. Um, but originally, her character has always been in the attic of the Haunted Mansion, but she was called like um, the the Heartbeat Bride or something like that mm-hmm. because originally it was just they had a uh, animatronic where the eyes glowed and her heart would beat red every time it would beat. But they left it up to interpretation as to whether you want to think of her as a forlorn lover or a uh, a uh, killer bride. Yeah. <laughs> but it's now officially part of the lore is that Constance Hatchway is the Black Widow bride. Okay. And you can see portraits of her and her uh, late husbands oh. in the attic. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so, okay. So that with that, with that addition, anything else? Like, I mean, I know like, cause when, when you think of like, you talk about immersion and experience, I know that people have like their favorite moments of these rides or these experiences. And this is what makes Disney probably why they're, they're good at the game with like the Imagineers making these experiences, right? Like they, mm-hmm. so I don't know if there's anything else in the course the of the ride. scene, I think is a big pull for people. Okay. Um, cause it's where that quartet sings the grim gritting ghost song. Okay. And you get to ride through the graveyard and see the different scenes of all of the ghosts interacting with each other. And that's more of the colony part of the ride. Cause I'd read something that two of the original creators um, were kind of butting heads about how they wanted the ride to go. One of them wanted to go super scary and one wanted to go family friendly, lighthearted comedic kind of thing. Um, and they kind of met in the middle. So when you get to the graveyard scene, uh, that's kind of where it transitions into more like comedic. Cause it's like, funny interactions between the ghosts that are happening while you're hearing this kind of goofy, creepy song. Okay. So, well, that sounds like that's going to be actually a theme. that's going to probably run through the two movies in mm-hmm. terms of this push pull and like what's going to be right. So, yeah. um, okay. So, uh, anything else there? Cause like I'm, I'm a neophyte when it comes to the ride. <laughs> I just, I just know that, um, like, uh, one of the things I did like is that they made it purposely where you see just the exterior of the mansion, but the way that they hide the rest of it, people don't understand how large the attraction is. It's huge. And, but it doesn't look like it's, it's bigger on the inside, yeah. you know? So I, I think that's a lot of fun because it speaks more to like the, the creepiness of it. Oh, I would also be remiss if I didn't uh, mention uh, Madame Leota because she is a big part of the ride. Everyone loves her. Okay. 
the crystal ball lady. Yeah, there's another <laughs> there's another word they use for her in the movie a lot that we're not going to say now because it's not aged well. <laughs> they keep calling her. They refer to her as the gypsy woman the entire oh, time, and I'm like, yeah. no, nah, I'm good. I cringed when yeah, I heard uh, that. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, um, we'll, we'll, you know, but, uh, I, yeah. I'm just like, no, 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 no. Um, she, so. um, she was also recently they gave her some actual lore. She didn't actually have a story behind her. Until um, recently, and I'm guessing all of this like additional story happened when they kind of did the refurb in 2006. Um, yeah, and there's also some other information pointing towards the new movie, kind of since it was in a lot of it was a, a long gestation of a production. There was a lot of additional material written by the people when they're putting together the new movie that a lot of it got fit into the ride. That didn't. It's 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 a little weird. We'll talk about that in a, in a minute when we because we've not seen the new movie, but I think it would be once we talk about the 2003 one. There's some trivia going into this one that I think is interesting as well. So yeah, so there's there was a lot of other information written like the last ten years that went into this. Yeah, that was, it's all speculation because yeah. everyone's got different theories on what means what mm-hmm. in the haunted mansion universe. But um, apparently, the story they added for Leota was that. She was a witch who fled from the witch trials and opened up a curio shop in Hudson River Valley, New York. Um, and she just became a really close family friend of the Gracie family. Um, and so close that, in fact, when she died, they buried her in their graveyard. Oh. So. Except for her head. I'm except, kidding. I, yeah, I, I, except I, for her head. <laughs> sure. Okay. So but, uh, so that's like, uh, the, uh, are those the highlights? I don't know if there's yeah, anything. Yeah, those, those are the highlights that I got. Um, just for the U.S. version. Like I said, we could delve into Paris, but I don't know if you want to do that. Well, the, the, <laughs> wasn't part of the Paris storylines what fed into the 2003 movie a little bit? Because they talked about like, I was reading about some of the trivia about with the the way that the, um, the love lost, like that whole, the whole love thing that was playing into like the tragic backstory of Gracie in the movie was kind of reflective of the Paris edition. Very, uh, very loosely of I, that. I'll tell you, I just, okay, I, whatever. I mean, there was, there's no Eddie Murphy in the French version. There's just not <laughs> this Eddie Murphy, animatronic Eddie Murphy running around. No, or so, no. Yeah. Um, they so, want to make it a good ride. Oh, oh, oof, all right. Come out swinging. <laughs> so, okay. With, with all that being said, clearly you're familiar with the attraction and you're familiar with this age of Disney, right? <laughs> like where you spooky, like I think I think it's okay. Like spooky's good, you know. Scary's good. Like it's not like you know. You can still be family friendly and appropriate. Like um, you know, there's a lot of I don't. There's this thing now where people are like, you can't, oh, you can't scare kids too much. Like, well, it's just you know, like there's films like Coraline and like Paranorman and like other things. Like you know, those Disney movies earlier ones too. It's just like mm-hmm. I don't like I don't know. Not that it's, not that it's a horror movie, but like you know, baby's mom gets shot. Like you just have, there's things that happen. It's okay to be scared. Finding Nemo, the very beginning of it. But yeah, um, <laughs> we'll talk about Finding Nemo a little bit too because it kind of ties into 2003. But yeah, so I think that's important. And also at the time when this was coming out, so the, the movie, the 2003 um, Haunted Mansion, which is based upon the attraction, kind of, kind of, sort of, kind of, there's a lot of mix of ideas. Um, this was a time, I mean, Disney's never, never met 
an idea that they can't try to stretch into either an attraction, a movie, something, something, something like, we'll just keep adding all can, all we did a cartoon. Let's make a live version of it. Like, Oh, did we do a live action version? Let's make a cartoon of it. Let's make three direct to video sequels. Let's make a breakfast cereal. Let's like, whatever, right? Like let's make our own version of Stardew Valley, but we'll call it something else. You know, like <laughs> they did though. Yeah, that's what I'm, no, I'm like. They, like they've never they've never met an IP mm. that they won't try to turn into something else, right? Mm-hmm. So, and it, like, and so of course they're probably running to this position where, you know, there's only so many fairy tales that you could turn into animated movies. And you can see they started kind of running out of that a little bit. And they're like, well, well, what if we start doing stuff with our rides, right? So then, 2003, two films came out. One was Pirates of the Caribbean, and the other was Haunted Mansion. Um, I didn't know they came out at the same time. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, you know, the, the, uh, parts of the Caribbean came out in like the early spring, summer, and then Haunted Mansion came out in November. So, but it was the same, the same time frame, right? Mm-hmm. So, and we'll talk more about pirates in a little bit too, because I think it's important how, how one thing was um, like so successful that no one really saw it coming. And then, and then we get to the Haunted Mansion. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, so with with all that being said, Haunted Mansion 2003, uh, I want to get into a little bit about who did what. I, I know you didn't do too much notes about the movie itself. I mean, about the, the sorry, like Rob Minkoff, the director. I had yeah, some, inter- I yeah. <laughs> here's some, here's some interesting stuff, right? So um, he, um, he during the summer of 82, Minkoff received an internship at Walt Disney Productions. He was apprenticed by Eric Larson, a senior animator who was one of the nine old men who was like one of the big guys behind the, the animation. Yeah. Um, the following year, he was employed as an in-between artist for the Black Cauldron. So you want to talk about something that was scary. Um, <laughs> he was then a supervising animator for the Great Mouse Detective and a character, but he was the animator for Olivia, that character, before working as a character designer for the Brave Little Toaster. He also wrote the song Good Company for Oliver and Company in 88 and subsequently served as a character animator for The Little Mermaid on the film. He provided character designs and early animation tests for Ursula. So Minkoff has like a big background he's got at stuff Disney. Under his belt, yeah. Yeah. So you're like, okay, great. Like this makes sense. This guy's like he's ingrained in Disney. Was actually supervised by like one of the like the old guard, right? Mm-hmm. And the fact that he actually wrote a song for Oliver and Company too is things interesting. It's like because you got Billy Joel in that movie, you're going to write a song <laughs> like anyway that whatever. Um, eager to direct a live action film, uh, Minkoff was handed the script for a feature length Roger Rabbit sequel and was hired to develop the project. However, a year in development, it just didn't go anywhere. It got canceled. He became a co-director for The Lion King, along with uh, Roger Allers. Uh, um, on the film, they you talk about two people kind of not butting heads, but had different styles. He um, he they, they both kind of split up some of the sequences. They uh, he did the Circle of Life sequence, and then Aller directed the I Just Can't Wait to Be King mm-hmm. sequence. So um, the the so the big thing is like you know you could tell that it, there's a difference um, stylistically which I, again, I think feeds into what we're about to talk about. So he eventually stepped away from Disney for, cause he wanted to actually do live action. Right. Uh, and then in eight ninety eight, Sony pictures and announced that he was directing Stuart little. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he liked that. He liked the script so much. He's like, I'm going to do this. And then he, uh, as soon as that came out, I made bank and he wanted to do the sequel. And then at that point, um, they ended up coming back, um, to, to do the haunted mansion. So he had a success in animation, making one of the most successful animated films of all time, The Lion King, being a person that created, like created the, the look of Ursula early, at least early looks, right? 
and then went on to do Stuart Little and Stuart Little too and make so much money and then bring the, the world of M. Night Shyamalan to us because he wrote he wrote Stuart Little. I don't know if you know that or not. I didn't know he wrote it. Yeah, no, the, Shyamalan <laughs> wrote Stuart Little. That's why the mouse was dead the entire time. I don't know. I don't know. Um, what a twist. Yeah, but there's a, there's a Shyamalan joke in the movie, in this movie, in the Haunted Mansion. I don't know if you caught it or not. It it's was probably very, it's very dated because of, of the time, but they made a very specific reference. So I wanted to mention that. So you'd think that there's a lot of pedigree coming into like, you know, this. Um, and then we have the script written by David Berenbaum, who only had like five credits, but he wrote Elf, which like you'd think like, oh, that's that's great. But it's like you also got to understand you have Will Ferrell just spinning out of control and having fun, you know, and, um, uh, you know, the, the director who's I'm blanking on now and people are going to yell at me because he's <laughs> John Favreau. Like, you know, those guys like, so the script was probably pretty good, but like you bring in Will Ferrell, just like ascending. And of course that's going to like do amazing. Right. Mm -hmm. He ended up, you know, wrote the, the haunted mansion. He also wrote the, the screenplay for the animated film, strange magic. And you're going to be like, what's that? That was one of the last films George Lucas directed, and I've heard nothing but terrible things about it. <laughs> and it's actually under the like you could find it on Disney Plus because I think because it was produced under Lucasfilm. So when they bought all of that, they got Strange Magic as well. So I don't know. Anyway, so Baron only has five credits. Um, so you would think that like, oh, Elf, cool. <sighs> anyway, so cast Eddie Murphy uh, as Jim Evers. Um, you know, uh, I know we all know who Eddie Murphy is. I don't mm -hmm. know. How, how do you feel about him in general? Uh, I used to love him, but again, he's just one of those actors who hasn't aged well for me. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, it, with this, he had put out the, the adventures of Pluto Nash the year before this, which was one of his biggest box office failures. He was also in the I spy, um, like a, the film version of I spy with him and Owen Wilson, that was like the update of the TV show that was Bill Cosby and I forget who else. Um, that didn't do so well. Um, so he was kind of a weird spot in his career. However, he would put out Daddy Day Camp the same year. I loved that movie, honestly. And it did so much better. <laughs> so he was finding this kind of weird, like, like I just like his comedy was changing and or or the projects he wanted to be part of were changing. And and I still think that um he has he has charisma. And he he has a good physicality, and there's bits in this movie, in the first third of the movie, that he shines really, really well. But then it's like, and then it just becomes a big like you know, um, fetch quest, and then there's not much for him to do. And we'll talk about that a little bit too. But yeah. like I, I, I don't like a lot of the projects he's associated with, but you can't deny his ability just to sometimes. It just the looks he gives people, and just some of the way he just like reacts is he's still really good. Um, uh, next, next we have Terrence Stamp who, play, who plays Ramsley. I know you know who he is. You've seen his I face. I know of him. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> he played a Zod in Superman two, like the uh, Christopher Reeve one. Like you've you've heard the Neil before Zod. That's yes. him. <laughs> Very recognizable actor. Late. He is punching above his weight so much. Not not above his weight. I'm sorry. He's bringing so much more class to this movie than it deserves. Like playing Ramsley. I yeah, like him as Ramsley. Yeah, he went like full force. Yeah, he's I so mean. good. He's so good in this, right? Yeah. Uh, he's still working. He was most recently in that Last Night in Soho, that film from like two years ago that um, I've been meaning to get to. It's uh, Edgar, uh, Edgar Wright directed it. I've been meaning to get Anyway, so... Um, Nathaniel Parker as uh, Master Gracie. Mm. I thought I recognized him from stuff. I have, he's just a British actor doing <laughs> British things. And that's it. And I'm just like, oh, I thought I would know him. He's still working. He was in the, the movie The Last Duel like two years ago. Uh, Marsha Thompson as Sarah Evers, the wife of Jim Evers, uh, Eddie Murphy's character. Um, she had a significant reoccurring role on Lost. 
that's like, I thought she looked familiar, but again, I, I watched Lost. I love Lost, but I couldn't tell you who she was in Lost. <laughs> um, so I don't know if you had anything that about her that. Nope. Yep. <laughs> Jennifer. I, like, I'd seen her before, clearly, yeah. but. Uh, Jennifer Tilly, uh, Madame Leota, um, which like. <laughs> It's just we love we love Jennifer Tilly, right? Like yes, yes. I, I I don't dislike Jennifer Tilly. I just think this was not a great fit for her. She wasn't given anything really to do. <laughs> no. uh, but uh, I I didn't know that she was nominated for an Oscar earlier in his, her career. So that's awesome. Uh, and that she's also known as Tiffany Valentine in the Child's Play films. Yeah. And I I've not seen any of the later films with that, that she's part of. But I love Jennifer Tilly. I love her in Liar Liar. I just love she's just great. You know, uh, and also I found this out. Uh, I like I hate the phrase. I was this years old today or whatever. I'm sure I found this out previously, but I must have forgotten. She is a World Series of Poker uh, ladies event bracelet winner, oh, meaning she's wow. won the World Series of Poker. Uh, she was the first celebrity to ever win the series tournament in 2005. She won the third World Poker, World Poker Tour ladies in, in, uh, invitational tournament. So she's not only won once. She is a like a serious, legitimate poker player. Holy shnikes. Yeah, so I think that's great. <laughs> so, um, you know, like just I, like, like you see photos of her like wearing like the dark sunglasses, like just not. I'm just like, how do you <laughs> like how do you not like? It, I'm sure if you're at the table and you you know you're already like there's a lot of money, but you're like, well, that's, is that Jennifer Tilly over there? You know. Anyway, <laughs> I would just not be able to keep myself composed yeah. every time she would say anything. Yeah, right. Because she has a very distinct <laughs> she, voice, she and does. it's like. And it's awesome. Uh, I only have a couple more here. Uh, like, I actually see here. I'll do. I'll do. Dina Spivey Waters as Emma. She was the maid. Um, mm-hmm. Only thing that I think you'd appreciate. She was in thirteen episodes of Greg the Bunny, the oh, TV I know show. Greg the Bunny. Yeah, yeah, that's why I wrote it down. Uh, and then we have Wallace Shawn. Oh, everyone knows him. Yes, uh, as Ezra, the Princess Bride. He's Rex in Toy Story. Uh, thro- Inconceivable. Yeah, you, exactly. Throw a dart. You're going to find out who Wallace Shawn is. And if you don't know who he is, you know him. He was also in Clueless. Yeah. The TV show. And the movie. And the movie, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, just... Um, it's Wallace Shawn, right? And so um, you can't you can't not not love him. He's also great in this too. Like they don't give him a whole lot to do, but every so often he gets a couple of good one liners in there. And um, and and even um, at the end, um, Dina Spivey Waters has a good line at the end. Whenever about like about the afterlife, I thought she had a great line there. But whatever. Anyway, so 2003's The Haunted Mansion um, starts off. We don't have to go by, blow by blow, but I think the setup is worth it. Where we have uh, Jim Evers of Evers and Evers Realty. Uh, he is driven by business. I don't, you don't ever get the vibe that he's a bad guy, but he's very much focused on success. He's a workaholic yeah. is what it is. And he and his wife, like they're, 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 they work together doing this real estate business, but he's also been kind of more focused on the business side as opposed to the family side. And, and so he, um, kind of screws up again and then he's like, okay, sorry, I missed our anniversary. And she's like, basically he's like, let's go away for the weekend. But in the meantime, um, she gets a weird phone call. Uh, from, um, well, it's from Ramsley saying, Hey, we'd like to sell our mansion. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, Eddie Murphy's like, wait, what a mansion. So they go to go <laughs> check it out. And then, then hilarity ensues. So, um, then they get like the whole thing is they show up there with their two kids, which I w- would have mentioned the kids, but like, it's, it's a, you know, the, the, the boy's actually older than the girl. In real life, that doesn't surprise me. Because yeah, like it's, the, the funniest thing, like she, he was playing the younger of the two, but mm-hmm. he was the older of the two. But yeah, he, he, oh, you know, yeah. Okay, yeah, if I ahead. have to be honest, I think that the young boy had way more acting chops than the girl did. He, well, also he had more to do. You know, like again, yeah. The, this, the, the I mean, if an eye roll was a person, it would be that girl. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's fair. Um, other than him also being afraid of spiders, well, which, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, that whole thing. So the family's there, they're trapped. And then we find out there's like a whole other thing going on. So, um, had you seen this film before? Yes. Okay. I used to own it a long time ago in a world far, far away. Okay. And you, okay. We'll talk about the film as a film. Cause I had never seen it before. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, you know, 2003, not, not in my wheelhouse when it came out, you know, I was it was like, very you know, forgettable. So I needed to watch it again, <laughs> <laughs> but you said you owned it. So you must've watched it multiple times. Oh, I did. It's okay. very forgettable. I needed to watch it again. Okay. So, um, with it being something that you had not visited until like again recently, mm-hmm. what was like what was your like your um, memory of it going into it? You said forgettable, but there must have been stuff in it that you know clearly you've seen it before. So like you know how like yeah. sometimes you put something away for a long time, you misremember or you're like I like I swear that's what happens and it's not quite like that. Is there something? No, it was kind of like I remembered the baseline story of Master Gracie trying to steal Eddie Murphy's wife. Um, I didn't remember like detail details. I'm, I'm never good at remembering detail details, but, uh, it, it was pretty much what I expected of it. And I was disappointed back then and I'm disappointed now. <laughs> so, why, okay, so, um, let's drill down on that. Like, why are you disappointed by it? I don't know. There was some stuff that like, um, now makes more sense to me watching again as I'm older and have more, uh, critical experience under my belt. (laughs) Uh, And I don't know, just something was very lacking in that movie when I saw it. And I I can't exactly put my finger on it, but maybe it was just too family friendly comedy for me than I wanted it to be. Um, Because I'm a huge horror fan and I know it's a Disney movie, but it doesn't mean that you can't appeal to multiple um, fandoms. I guess is the right frame. That's yeah. Like I think maybe um, we're there was definitely that time in the eighties where like we had like the Spielberg like things where you could like um, have a little bit of like kids in peril and it'd be okay, you know, like, yeah, um, like Goonies. Like, like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's Spielberg produced that, but yeah, it's like, yeah, these kids are, are in danger and there's like a real risk, but like, you know, like there's, there's that kind of adventure quality to it. Um, and even something like, even like ET, the beginning mm-hmm. part of that's very like, you're not sure what's going on. And, and like, so yeah, you're right. You could have a little bit of that peanut butter and chocolate to yeah. make that, that mix. Um, but then there's also that notion too, like you, I mean, to be fair, uh, you do like a lot of like the like made for Disney movies, like yes, the, 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 I do. Like what was I don't know, but like, I I know what I'm getting into when it comes to those movies. Like I, I know it's going to be campy, family like, friendly humor. I downloaded a ghost or whatever. That, that actually exists somewhere. I, I think. No, no, um, um, yeah, uh, yeah. It, it had a very young uh, Ellen Page at the time. Yeah, and that if I recall, um, yeah. Uh, but I just think oh, there's the Halloween like, Town, yeah. uh, Twitches, Retur- Returned Halloween Town, Return uh, Halloween Town. Like, yeah. I love those movies, oh. but I also know what I'm getting into when I go to watch them. But okay, but then one of your favorite movies is also Hocus Pocus. Yes. So, is there really any scary parts in that movie? There kind of is. I okay. mean, when you're younger, like a boy's uh, sister being kidnapped and the life essence being sucked out of her, and then he's turned into a cat. 
I mean, that's kind of creepy. <laughs> um, fair <laughs> At enough. At the very end, he's still dead, but he goes to join her in the afterlife. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's got like, and there's also the, the parallel aspect where these witches are constantly chasing these children to inhale their life essence. So, okay. yeah, it's. So, uh, okay. Well, so you, you want just a little bit more um, fear. Danger. Danger. Yes. Okay. Danger and fear a okay. little bit. So, um, do you, do you think that maybe since this was being like earmarked for like a theatrical release that, um, well, also considering how tonally different Pirates of the Caribbean the film is, where I would argue that is more of a scary movie mm-hmm. than this movie I is. Agree. And it didn't have to be. Like, nope. it could, you could have flipped it and made it like, you know, maybe if you flip the tones, but, um, so maybe Disney was like, you know, we can't have two of the same thing. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's but, possible. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, okay. Uh, but then what about like the whimsy side of this, right? Like you ended up having the the, the, the instruments like chasing Eddie Murphy around or whatever. Yeah. Like- I mean, there were funny bits to it. I, I won't deny that, but. I don't know. It just still falls flat for me. Okay. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying you're wrong. I was just trying to get a, a figure, like a pinpoint where you were with things. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. there, there's this thing where, um, you'll have in like modern movies where something will be going on and then somebody will like kind of not, they're not going to break the fourth wall, but they're going to say something very obvious. Be like, Oh, we're doing this again or whatever. Like, um, like there's the, like a bit with, um, uh, Madam Leota where, what was it like towards the end where she's like, see the crystal ball is she's in the seat belt. Yeah, seat yeah. Belt. And he's like, don't go anywhere. She's like, I, I'm not going. It's just like, it's like, yeah, that's kind of like, I don't know, an obvious thing. It's like, okay, like, but whatever. Or I don't know. Okay, There's some other stuff. Th- yeah. That also bothered me because like there was one scene where she's like propelling herself around in her ball. And I'm like, how, how is that working yeah, right now? Yeah. Like the the, like, the 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 logic fails itself pretty bad. Yeah, uh, at times. But there's some. Ho- that's that's actually what a lot of my notes are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, and I also don't think the job the, the the movie did a great job because well one we have the setup of this cursed you know haunted mansion right where the the undead are there forever until mm-hmm. um, you know we get uh, Master Gracie uh, married again and and have find his true love or whatever right mm-hmm. but the reason that happened to begin with spoilers for everybody it's a 2003 movie if you're not gonna whatever anyway so uh, fault it, on you but, but it's also like Mary's like it's forgettable so you're gonna watch it and be like what did I just watch no um <laughs> So we had, um, which, by the way, they, they skipped right over the reason why Ramsley didn't feel that he, um, that um, Gracie and his, what was her name, Sarah? Yeah. Was the, um, why they was should, it Elizabeth? Elizabeth. Yeah. It is, um, what's, uh, Sarah's the actual yeah, wife. Yeah. And yeah. Elizabeth. The reason they weren't supposed to be together is because you, they said they're basically, it was different classes, but what but he wasn't saying. why would saying, he care? No, no, no. But what he wasn't saying is that she was um, African-American. And like, oh, yeah. did you like, like, cause then the fact that like Gracie, he, he, you know, his whole family is like this generational wealth. And like, this is set in like, I, I, it's set in New Orleans. It's not set in like, I'm sorry, Louisiana, yeah. but it's not set in like, it's, you know, appropriately. So, and I know the new movies actually set like in New Regency Orleans. Times. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, this is like, you know, this was very much like, um, during like the slave trade. Well, later on, but it's like the whole thing is like, he fell in love with a woman of color, um, Ramsley's like, nah, this isn't going to fly and, and poisons her and causes, you know, a Gracie. He's the reason to, the curse exists. Yeah. But then at the end, it's like, he's doing everything he's power to get 
them back together. I think it's just because he realized he screwed up and just wanted to get out of there too. Mm-hmm. Like it was like, so that's, oh, yeah, yeah. but it just like the logic of it was like, I created this problem. Now I'm going to fix it by creating a bigger, I did this, it got really, I just, it was very confusing to me. There, uh, Yeah. I, I don't even understand. First of all, why he would have even had a problem because it wouldn't have been his concern anyway. Being a butler wasn't his job to keep his nose on. No, but his, his, like the whole thing was like, he, he was the, the, the servant of the family. And I'm guessing there's a certain amount of like, even though I'm the servant, I'm upholding the Gracie name no. and the, like yeah, the quality. Right yeah, like, um, it's very much like, you know, I have a duty to the house, not necessarily to the person, yeah. you know? So that's the way I feel about that. And there's something interesting there. There's some bones there. I don't know if you necessarily need to get into a kid's movie, but I'm just like, I was watching this and I was like, <laughs> holy crap. Like this is a, wow. He just was like, nope, you guys, um, we can't have a mixed race marriage here. I guess also, we're done now. Also, here's my other problem. Why did he keep the letter? Why didn't he just throw it in the freaking fire? Yeah, like that's true. Yeah, he kept the letter. Confe- like the nobody would have known anything. Yeah, because it looked like he made it look like uh, she committed suicide instead of getting married. But then there was a letter confessing love. You're right. That was a uh, weird. You're right. That was. But that- but also, I don't know if he kept it because there was the the um the trunk that they had to find the key for that had the answer. So but I think who would have locked it up? Uh, maybe. Like she did. I don't know. It's not clear. It's not clear at all what happened. Because then if, if if that logic was correct of him keeping it, that means he also then locked the trunk without setting it on fire, taking the key and then taking it to the crypt in the backyard that is the world's largest graveyard <laughs> and then putting it you know, in the hand of somebody. Actually, whoever that person was that held on to it was probably the one that knew the secret, that the, the, the corpse that had the key. Oh, maybe. I don't – it's just – it's like – I was, I, I swear to you, I watched the movie. I was paying attention. <laughs> it's not that like, I, I will say that I came away with it. Like I gave it two and a half stars out of five on Letterboxd, meaning like it's straight down the middle. Like meaning like that would be like, uh, like a C or a B minus type of thing. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, it's perfectly watchable. I was expecting like a train wreck of a oh, movie yeah, for no, as badly it's as not people. Terrible. Like everyone's but... like, I've heard that's bad. And I'm like, versus what? I don't know. Like, you know, like if this was. I think because I didn't go to the theater and see it, which I wouldn't have, but I'm glad I didn't like rent it at the time. Like whatever. Like again, it, you know, I was like my mid twenties. It wasn't like, <laughs> like I'm going to watch the Haunted Mansion. Like whatever. That's what I did in my mid twenties. What are you trying to say? Well, I, well, I will say <laughs> that summer, um, I had a friend of mine um, that her she had like a five year old or whatever, and she's like, let's go watch the Pirates of the Caribbean because like her her husband had zero interest and I'm like, sure, let's just go. Right. And I was expecting to hate the movie the entire time. Cause I'm like, why would I want to go watch the stupid pirates movie with Johnny Depp? And I'm just like, this was great. Like I walked out of the theater, I think more on a high than she, she was <laughs> at the time. Um, like it was, I was just like, this was actually a really fun movie. Like what that was like, was, though. Yeah, it was a good movie. yeah. So, so yeah, that like, so I had, I didn't see this one at the time. Um, and, and, and the reason why I wanted to mention it to you to talk about on here is because we have the new movie coming, but I want to, we'll talk more about that in a little bit, but I just, um, I don't know. Like, I think, I think the, the, the sets and locations in this were really pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish we would have gotten more to do with the, the ghosts in the graveyard because I feel like they'd probably have something to say being stuck there for like a hundred years or however long. Yeah. Um, and there's some fun cameos in there that they didn't like, I guess at one point Don Knotts was supposed to like 
be like the caretaker uh, and that he was going to have a, like a ghost dog. And I guess you could see him for like a second. Like he was supposed to be part, a bigger part of the story. Oh, I would have um, liked that. Yeah. And then um, the the guy, the duelist that um, what shoots him like himself in the head or whatever, the French duelist that you see yeah, for a second. Yeah, where they turn around yeah. and shoot at each other. Um, mm-hmm. That is a, a, an actor named Derek Mears, who is the most recent person to play Jason. Oh. So yeah, I thought I was just like, huh, you got some weird huh. stuff going on. And I, for, and I forget who was the person that did the makeup, the effects in here, but it's, it's one of the big guys that did it. Um, but he, um, yeah, it's, I think it was it Rick Baker. Yeah, he did. He did the, the makeup as well. So that's, um, a big deal. Like, so he, he actually ended up at, um, making a guest spot as a ghost as well. Cause like a lot of that stuff looked really good. And I like what was there a point to the three ghosts in the carriage that are like, you can't see us. Was that something from the ride? Yes. They're the hitchhiking ghosts. Okay. Um, they do have names, uh, which are escaping me right now, except for Ezra, who is the one in chains. Um, but, but, but they're a part of the, the end part of the ride okay. where at the very end, you're going through the tunnel of mirrors and it, it says, uh, something to the extent of a ghost may follow you home. And they use the peppers effect, the peppers ghost okay. effect to make it look like there's a ghost sitting on your shoulders. And those mm. are the three hitchhiking ghosts. Okay. I just, the only thing I liked about that is like, he's like, he can't see us. And it's like, I'm looking at you right now. Yeah. It's like, he like, I just, that was a, it was a weird joke, but I kind of <laughs> liked it, but I didn't understand what was going on. Yeah. I almost um, forgot about that. Yeah. Thanks for reminding me. They are also a, a thing that people love about the ride. Yeah. So it's like, I wish we'd have gotten a little bit more. Cause like, and also it's very confusing about how Ezra, who is the ghost butler, right. Along with, um, Oh, uh, as Emma, right. Somehow they're both able to be all, all the ghosts in the house can be physically manifestation to affect things, but they're also ghosts. But then whenever they go, like they try to escape the house to go to the graveyard, they have to bust out the sidewall, like, like of the castle, yeah, or the that- manor. That also bothered me. I'm just like, I'm like, this doesn't make sense to me, but whatever ghost. Sure. I don't care. Like um, also when Sarah slams the door in Gracie's face and I was like, he's a ghost. Yeah. He could just walk through the door. Yeah. yeah I just, that didn't make any <laughs> sense. I just like, I think there was some, some interesting ideas here that could have maybe cooked a little bit more and could have had something a little better going on as well. I agree. Um, so that, that was frustrating. Uh, things I did like was the brief gag of whenever Sarah was bringing cookies to the kids up in the attic, which by the way, I was just like, don't eat cookies in the attic. I've read a book about that once. Don't do it. Don't, uh, that, have you, do you know flowers in the attic? The, no. The, the, <laughs> um, it, it involves somebody slowly poisoning kids with cookies in the attic. Oh, it is well, uh, okay. arsenic. Yeah. I was like, don't eat those cookie skins anyway. So, uh-uh. um, but I like it, whatever they, they call, call it, have the kids hide. And then Ramsley shows up and it's like, he holds the cookies up and then both Ezra and, um, <laughs> and Emma both grab cookies and they're like, Oh, thanks. And they're like, Oh, that wasn't supposed to be for us. And they put them back on the plate. I thought that was funny just cause it's like <laughs> when you have Terrence stamp staring at you, you do not take the cookies. Right. But, um, so I thought that was okay. So that was very confusing about how they can be and can't be. But then when they go to the, into the graveyard, like those ghosts are all ethereal. Like, I don't, it just seemed like, like, um, it felt like <laughs> the movie reminded me a lot of the frighteners in a lot of ways. I could see that, but like not in good ways where it's like <laughs> meaning like, like I just, there was like these little bits and pieces. You're like, Oh, you're almost there. Like I would have, like if Arlie Emery would have showed up as like the, the military ghost with the guns and like, man, we'll go back <laughs> in their graves. That would have been amazing. Um, but yeah, there's like, there's just some of these things where you and I, I know you and I, um, fight about like ghosts can do anything. And my argument is, yeah, ghosts can do anything. I don't like that. 
But with this, it's like there's I need rules in my movie. Yeah. And there isn't like a good set of rules. And I think there could have been a little bit more there. Because also if if the ghost of Elizabeth is just a ghost ball, like like that just shows up to help yeah, the kids. And then how does she manifest as an actual being at the end? I don't like, know, but it's just, like I'm like it just reminded me of like the PBS show Ghost Rider. I'm like, oh, you're gonna follow him along and like solve mysteries or whatever. That's I love fine. That show too. <laughs> so um I just I just think that like Maybe I don't know how much input Eddie Murphy had as he's. I mean, he, it's a big name, right? So I'm gonna, I'm sure that they probably probably had you him have to give him some room to improv things that too. There. But also like in terms of like maybe because even the bit whenever he discovers the the staircase, like the the hidden staircase, that's kind of a funny bit where he's going back and forth like this. Oh yeah, the, uh, <laughs> like that was kind of funny. Like I I don't know, but. uh it's just like leaving him to his self. And then especially at the end, there's the line of like, he says something about like, that guy's trying to like, try to steal my wife or something. I forget the line exactly, but he summed up the entire movie in like one sentence. And I was like, there you go. Thanks, Eddie Murphy. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I, there's just something here. It's like, so for me having no um, certain affinity for the attraction, meaning like I, you know, I know of the Haunted Mansion. I know a little bit about it. No more of it now talking to you and doing some reading. So this isn't something that I held, held near and dear to me. And as being somebody that was like, I know this is a Disney product based upon an attraction. I outside of like a handful of stuff, like I understand that like, so the supposedly the singing bus represent something. Yeah, there's and, the quartet in the graveyard. Yeah, like are they actually a part of the ride? Or yeah, they're okay. the ones who sing uh, "Grim Grinning Ghosts." It's uh, Thurl Ravenscroft and three other people whose names I can't mm. remember. Uh, like that whole thing, like <laughs> it was a funny enough sequence, but it didn't go anywhere because mm-hmm. it's like he was trying to get information from them, and then his one kid's like, "Oh, the crypt's right there." I'm like, "You just didn't walk two more steps to the left to find that crypt," as opposed to. <laughs> Because at least I thought like maybe there'd be a puzzle to that aspect of them trying to like figure something out. Because they even said with a daughter, when she gets to the crypt, she starts reading the Latin. And he's like, what? He's like, yeah, you told me, like, you made fun of me for three years of Latin. I'm like, okay, good. At least it shows that she's There's smart and capable. There's a reason why she can, yeah. yeah. I was like, okay, that kind of makes sense. <laughs> um, I also, um, I don't care if you're in that crypt and you drop that key in that water. I don't care. We're done. I'm not I'm not going in after that key. Um, <laughs> nope. No, hey. no, 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 no. What, what if it was me? You wouldn't go. I, I would send a young child in there first. Like what happened? <laughs> yeah. Cause I'd be like, I don't know what's in that water. Like that's gross. Um, but yeah. And also it's, it's murky, but then somehow magically clear when she's looking underwater. I mean, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, whatever. Um, so, um, so anyway, I know I'm kind of bouncing all over, but it does not, matter, does not matter about this movie. So, but with you, with your love of the attraction, not that, um, how, how do I phrase this? I don't need a translation of like, something that's certainly like a theme park thing, which you're talking about immersion experience. So a lot of that is, um, you know, what you take away from it. And like, and also a ride doesn't, a ride, like that kind of ride is going to tell you a whole story, but it's going to leave a lot on the edges for you to kind of like. They kind of want you to fill in the blanks yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so a movie doesn't, a movie can do that, but it doesn't always have to do that. Especially if you're shooting for such like you know commercial success, where you want this to be a family movie, I don't think you want kids walking out of it confused. Um, with that being translated to a film, um, and your affinity for the attraction, how well of a job do you think it did translating the attraction to the film? Uh, not great. They <laughs> they picked up some of the like heavy hitter characters, and I will say that I read that um, 
their portrayal of Master Gracie in the movie was the reason why he became more prominent in the ride. Okay. Some of that more canon because of that. Um, But honestly, the ride is much darker than the movie portrayed anything. Um, And yeah, they had some lines from the movie, like the whole welcome foolish mortals and uh, Leota's lines from her seance room. But it's like you could have done without that because that just seems like a, a cheap bone to throw to the fans of the attraction and then not actually follow a lot of anything else in the attraction story wise. Okay. Because I also know, like, I, I know that with the Pirates of the Caribbean, they did a couple call outs here and there, but they're all, that was also something that's like, how do you build an entire movie based upon a ride of yeah. where you're just like looking at a bunch of drunken pirates, like trying to buy women? I feel like that was easier because even the ride, like for Pirates of the Caribbean, doesn't really have a strict storyline. Yeah, that it's means just, you can kind of just make your own thing. Exactly. You know. It's more like you're going through a town seeing what happens when a bunch of pirates ransack it. Yeah, so um, <laughs> so fair enough. So with that being said, let's get into a little bit of a... Like I said, this movie was okay. Like I'm not... I, I never need to see it again. But I'm not going to walk away being like, what just happened? Like I've, you know, there's, there's been other movies that have been released as like, like what they wanted to be like tent poles to become a bigger thing that, um, you know, have been complete messes. And I don't know if this film was a mess. Just what I'm frustrated by is that the guy who directed it has such a background in Disney and has been so influential in some amazing Disney properties that it's like, wouldn't you think you could steer the ship a little bit more? Especially when you got a guy like, I mean, this gentleman wrote five screenplays and has made his money, you know, better than me. But like, you'd think that you'd be like, wait a second. Like, like you, you already directed two live action Stuart Little films, which incorporates people talking to an imaginary mouse. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like you would think that's like, you'd almost, I mean, not, not like based upon what we know now, maybe this wouldn't have been the best call. Um, like, wouldn't you think you'd go and be like, hey, can I tap my my friend Shyamalan, who wrote these two other movies that incorporated these elements, can we give him a, a chance to, like, do another pass on the script or something, right? To shine it up a little bit. Yeah. Because um, that was the thing, too, that the kid, when they're in the graveyard, he said, I said, I see dead people. That's what he said. That's, oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Was, okay. <laughs> yeah. So that was a direct reference to The Sixth Sense, which is funny. But, oh, um, I knew that. Yeah. I, just, I did not know that Shyamalan wrote The Sixth he wrote, Sense. Yeah, he okay. wrote and directed it. Yeah. Oh, all so, right, then. Yeah. Uh, so th- there you go. He wrote a movie about a mouse, two movies about a mouse, and then, um, yeah, then other things after that. A movie about dead people. And, yes. And a village. Yeah, a lot of different things, yes. Um, <laughs> so it just makes me wonder, like, you had had these other people, especially even, like, you worked on The Lion King. Like, you have, you probably, you probably go to Disney and be like, yeah, you know what? Can we bring some other people in and please take a look at this? You know, well, I just don't know what happened. Also, you know, there's more than one version of the Haunted Mansion. Why couldn't they incorporate anything from Disneyland Paris? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, from Disneyland, what I was reading, uh, Tokyo. Some of the tragic backstory stuff was more akin to the one over in Paris, um, supposedly. I don't know. So, here's the basic storyline for the Paris one. Um, I won't go into too much detail with it. It's a, basically... A, a baguette fell in love with the cigarette. It was a twisted romance. I mean, you're not completely <laughs> wrong. No, I'm joking. Um, so this um, rich rich father and mother and daughter all moved to this area called Thunder Mesa. Um, and it's supposedly the land of the great legendary Thunderbird. It's supposed to be an all powerful kind of entity. I'm thinking of like a 1970s, um, like Chevy, like a or car. sorry, like a, a Ford, car. No, a Ford Thunderbird, like <laughs> eight miles no. to the gallon, smells like cigars. <laughs> but you of know. course, you know, the father doesn't put any weight into stories, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and starts drilling into the land, hits gold, like keeps telling his people to drill deeper and deeper. And the Thunderbird is supposed to be an entity in charge of uh, earthquakes. That's his magical power. Okay. So whilst all this is happening, this da- this dad has like this death grip on his daughter and doesn't want to let her go. Uh, she keeps trying to like court people and he keeps killing all of her suitors. Um until one day, the Thunderbird decides to say F you to the father for drilling on his land and causes a massive earthquake that kills the entire family, um, except for the daughter and her latest beau. Um, and then what happens after that is uh, her fiance ends up dying anyway because the Phantom, which is uh, told to be her father's ghostly form, lures him up to the family mansion's attic and gets him to hang himself. Maybe that's the part because the hanging, I don't know if that's... But that's also lore part of the U.S. attraction. No, so I don't know. So, So, and the whole thing is that she's in the mansion by herself now, still waiting for her fiancé, and the Phantom is still, like, laughing and taunting her behind her back. Hmm. So right. it's well, a completely different story. Yeah, no, I don't know how that would have played. <laughs> yeah. So okay. Um, I just wish they would have incorporated like if it's going to be haunted mansion, like inclusion is a big thing. I guess I don't know. Well, and we're going to like you mean inclusion of like the actual attraction like itself, the, or if you're going to do a storyline, put a little bit of all the storylines. Sure. In. Right. <laughs> um, so uh, we'll talk about kind of like the, the when this came out, like what was kind of big at the time. But I just want to show you on Letterboxd, um, like I was looking through reviews of the Haunted Mansion, and you'll appreciate this. My favorite one was a two star review that said Crimson Peak is a lot different than I remember. <laughs> It's not that dissimilar, you know, anyway, so, um, so I thought, I thought that was funny, but then that's Del Toro that made that. And now we'll tie into what we're about to talk about in a minute. So that I promise there's something interesting here. So, um, so the film, it came out like, you know, November, 2003, um, it was a budget of 90 million. It eventually had a box office, 182 million. So it, it made its money back. And then, you know, maybe it, they, it's, it was, it was successful, but not greatly successful because generally when you get around the doubling of the the budget, um, that doesn't count for advertising and everything else. So mm-hmm. it, it, it was, it didn't, it didn't crater, you know, uh, but it didn't, it didn't take off either. Number one film that year for the year of release, which doesn't count the total gross was finding Nemo. Um, number two film with pirates of the Caribbean, right? Uh, day daycare was 25. Um, but total gross, meaning the films that were released during that year, but then like, past that point, like what they still kept making money while they were running theatrically was Lord of the Rings, uh, the two towers and return of the King finding Nemo and pirates of the Caribbean. So, um, Disney was still doing okay. <laughs> Cause you talk there about were no doubts. Yeah. Yeah. So with that being said, like, even though the, you know, the haunted mansion didn't do as well, Find Nemo um, and Pirates of the Caribbean, which if I recall right, Pirates of the Caribbean, people were kind of expecting it to be okay, but like they didn't expect it to be one as good as a film as it was. And it performed so well. Like, um, and this time Pixar could do no wrong. So Finding Nemo, of course, was going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. So um, with all that, let's fast forward to, we're going to wrap it up here, but let's, we'll talk about the new movie. Here's the things that are frustrating to me about it is that, um, I, where did I find this out? Um, I had my notes here. In 2018, it was reported. Um, what was it? No, no, no. So that's something about the actual haunted mansion. We'll talk about that in a second. It's the the bodies part that I was going to mention to you. Mm. Um, what was it? Del Toro had originally said he was going to to write and direct um, a new version 
of the haunted mansion and he's like it was going to be equal parts scary and funny but he's like he wanted more of the scary and eventually over time he stepped away from being the director and writer but was a producer because disney didn't agree with him wanting to make it a little bit more scary and it's like it's del toro like it's, just what are you good like, at he, like, he's he's a, he's a large child you know like i'm not seeing his pinocchio but i know it's, it's to be, on my list yeah, yeah. Probably, but it's like you know that he's just one of those guys it's like he, he's the nicest guy in the world yes he knows how to scare you but he also knows how to make you care about a fish man you know yep. like so like why like you have del toro making you just why do you not let anyone? Anyway, so yeah. <laughs> so then um, in 2020, uh, uh, it was announced that uh, Katie Depold signed on to write a new screenplay for the film after it was decided that Del Toro's script was too scary for family audiences. Yeah. So, <sighs> but uh, but up the lead up to that though, they kept writing all this other ancillary material going into this new iteration of the Haunted Mansion that I think that Del Toro and company, as they're writing like basically like this Bible of what was going to be the Haunted Mansion a lot of that got put into the attraction. I think that's what happened to speak to what you're saying about the adding and folding in of things. Mm-hmm. I think they're started adding a little bit more and like taking his ideas and kind of like, cause you knew there's going to be the cross marketing of like, once we get the film, you'll come see the attraction. So I think a yeah. little bit of that happened. Um, so well, I think yeah. they also know now that the diehard, uh, Disney lovers of this ride, uh, we could be a brutal bunch. Well, D- Disney people are weird folk anyway. Just hey. sorry. Disney. Come on. It's just, no, it's just like with anybody, but it's like they, they get you like as much as you, you love a fan, like you love a thing like, and, and I know you love Disney. Like we have so many Disney things. We will have more against my will. Um, you were literally just handed three, um, they're going in my China yeah, cabinet. You got three year three coffee mugs that all they're make stackable up. coffee mugs. Sure, that uh, have a poster of the Sanderson's. It's sisters. the Sanderson's. Yeah, it's more be, like <laughs> I was going to say bewitch, more hocus pocus stuff in the house now. Anyway, yep. so yeah. Anyway, Disney fo- files or whatever. Like they, they get really particular. I get that, but so anyway. With that said, the new the new film that's coming out that's actually out now, directed by uh, Justin Simeon. Um, like listen to the cast. We have Lakeith Stanfield. Uh, Tiffany Haddish. I Owen, love her so much. Yeah. Uh, Owen Wilson, Danny DeVito, Rosario Dawson, Dan Levy, uh, and Jamie Lee Curtis, who's playing me out of in this version. And Jared Leto is the voice of the um, the, the hat box ghost. Really? We'll, yeah. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> oh, um, boy. Yeah. I bet his castmates love him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, there we go. So, that, that film's coming. It's getting... It's getting also kind of middling reviews. Everyone's like, it's just kind of like, we don't know why. That's like, I don't know if it's one of those things where, because they wanted they wanted to make this more creepy and weird, and the trailers do show that. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know if they still can't catch the tone, because this is supposed to be horror comedy, but it's also supposed to be family friendly. And so it's, it just feels like, like okay, great, you're going to try again. Uh, it's been long enough time. You know, revisit it because I know they're going to. They keep trying to bring back another Pirates of the Caribbean film, and also there was the Jungle Cruise film that came out a couple years ago. Like they're, you know, I've not seen it. I'm okay. It's fine, but they're trying to bring, you know, their attractions and doing like more and more and more, right? Because like, why not like make it a thing? Yep. Um, but this one's also kind of middling too in terms of reviews. So, um, I don't know. Like, do you think just by the fact that they made another one, that one is automatically going to be better than the, the, the original one? Not necessarily, yeah. but um, from the trailers I've seen, I, I have not high hopes, but I have, I'm hopeful. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. Um, 
the main actor, the um, the African American guy. Yeah, Lakeith uh, Stanfield. Yeah, he was. I've in, seen him in other stuff. Yeah, he was in Get he Out. Was, yeah, I was gonna um, say I'm pretty sure he was in Get Out. Yeah, he was um, the one that actually like when they the, they took the flash photography of him. When he yeah. was like you know he. Uh, yeah, he's been in a lot of things um, uh, recently. Um, I really been, like him. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm hoping this movie is going to be really good. Yeah. At I, least to me. <laughs> um, what was he? Um, what, sorry to bother you. He was he was the lead in that. That, that was, was a, also on my list of things to watch. It's, a, gr- it's a great movie. It, it gets weird at the um, <laughs> at the end. He's also in Uncut Gems. He was in uh, he, he was in Knives Out. He was the other detective in Knives Out. Oh, you're right. Yes, he was. Yeah. So, yeah, we know. We, yes, of course. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping, right? And then I just love Tiffany Haddish. Yes. Like she's a, a, an absolute doll, and so I'm excited to see how she plays the uh, the soothsayer psychic. Yeah. <laughs> so what would it take for you for you to make feel that this film would be successful in light of it being an adaptation of the Haunted Mansion? Leaning a little more into the darker history story part of the ride. Um, it doesn't have to be a laugh a minute. It, I mean. Just, just creepy, creepiness and scariness is is kind of what I would like because it's it's a haunted mansion. You're going there to see creepy things. Like, let it be scary a little bit. Yeah, I mean <laughs> that's fair. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm sure we'll get to it um, sooner than later. Um, I know you want to see it, uh, but I also know that it's going to probably depending upon how well it does in the box office, it may or may not show up on Disney Plus pretty quickly. We'll find out. Oh, like, that's what I'm waiting for. Yeah. <laughs> So you so you want to you want to be helpful for this film, but not support it in the box office. I like to support it in the box office, but um, people in movie theaters are terrible. I know. So so, so you don't you don't do a triple feature of uh, Oppenheimer, Barbie, and the Haunted Mansion all um, one day. Just Barbie and Haunted Mansion. Oh, okay. All right. I mean, one of one of them is going to be really scary, and it's Oppenheimer. That's going to be the one. <laughs> it really is. Uh, so. All right. Well, look at that. We um, had a very fruitful and productive talk about um, the attraction the the movie and uh the expectations for the new movie um yeah uh thank you uh for coming on and 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 making me sound smartful with your your research and your notes and your your love of disney things um yeah thanks it's been fun and um we should do more yeah so um yeah next week we're gonna talk about the tv series gummy bears no that's not gonna happen uh no (gasps) can we no uh (laughs) So, the, so the, that's going to do it um, the, for us this week. Uh, like, uh, please uh, find us on Facebook and Invasion the Podcast. Um, like us there. Uh, you know, email us directly invadingpodcastgmail.com. Wherever you find your podcast, rate and review us. I used to always push Stitcher, but that's collapsing as a uh, as a thing here in like two weeks. That's going to go away. So, um, hopefully, I can have this be distributed elsewhere. So, go check on um, Podbean, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google. Um, I don't know, Dollar General. I don't know where we get your podcast at. Um, and if you like the conversations, let other people know. Uh, next week, um, I'm going to have um, one of my podcast husbands, uh, Terry from Strange Highways, on to continue our Year of Carpenter discussion. It's going to be a little bit of an odd one because, well, one, we only have three Carpenter things to talk about in his career left, up to, unless he releases another movie, which would be wonderful. Um, there is There was a series on Showtime called Masters of Horror, where he did two episodes, two one-hour episodes. Um, one of them was called um, uh, Cigarette Burns. The other one's called Pro-Life. Uh, we're going to be talking about the segment Pro-Life on here. However, um, Terry and I had previously discussed Cigarette Burns on our show that we do called Strange Highway. So I'm going to um, hammer together that discussion 
with our discussion about pro-life. So if people haven't heard that discussion next week, you're going to get like a twofer. You're going to get, um, basically two episodes in one, one here talking about both of those. And then in the meantime, I'm going to, you know, interject what knowledge I have from that smart book about Carpenter. So it's a little bit of a weird episode, but I wanted to kind of keep everything in the same lane. So I hope you guys enjoy that. So in the meantime, have a good week. Um, be safe. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'd say don't, don't go to any haunted mansions, but I guess if you want to at least make them creepy. <laughs> or bring Eddie Murphy. Or, or don't bring Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Or don't bring yeah, Eddie Murphy. <laughs> I just moved in my new house today. But I got squared away Bell started ringing and changed right loud I knew I'd moved in a haunted house Still I made up in my mind to stay Nothing was gonna drive me away When I seen something to give me the creep one big eye and a two big feet I stood right still and I did the free He did the stroll right up to me Made a noise with his feet that sound like a drum Say you'll be here when the morning comes Say yes I'll be here when the morning comes Kitchen, my stove was a blazing hot. The coffee was a boiling in the pot. The grease had melted in my hand. I had a hunk of meat in my hand. From outer space, that sat a man on a hot stove with a pots and That's hot, I began to shout He drank a hot coffee right from the spout He ate the raw meat right from my hand Drank a hot grease from the frying pan He said to me, now you better run Don't be here when the morning comes See, yes, I'll be here when the morning